Fast lane has come and gone, and we're now looking at it in our rearview mirror as we head towards WrestleMania. Also, WrestleMania week, we have the Hall of Fame ceremony that will be coming up, and a lot of confusion with who is in and who is out. We'll talk about it today on Tap Out Talk. Let's get right in. WWE Fastlane, again, has come and gone. We are looking in the rearview mirror. Why? Because we're going to WrestleMania in the next couple weeks. This show was meant to be the actual bridging point to the biggest uh, show of the year, which is WrestleMania. So we actually, um, looking at Fastlane, I said last time that this has to be looked at as that B-level pay-per-view. And... Keep it in mind, as you watch this show, enjoy the wrestling, but also enjoy the fact that they're trying to set up for something bigger. And that's you know what I hope you guys were able to do last time as you watched this and you thought of some of those points that I brought up. But I want to go over some of the matches that I predicted. I want to see where I got things right, where I got them wrong, and do a little bit of a review. And we'll cover the main key points. So first up, we have our women's tag team championship match, which featured Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler going and defending their titles against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Now, as we know, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks are on their way to WrestleMania to fight for Sasha Banks' women's championship. So they um, were doing the frenemy thing here, going for the titles. I originally said that Sasha and Bianca would win the titles here. And the thought behind that is they should have won the titles and actually then went into WrestleMania battling each other with a little bit of a confliction of having both titles and being having to be friends and teammates, but yet having to get ready to fight each other. And I, my argument was that it would give the women's tag team championships a little bit of TV time without actually having to be in a match itself. So that did not happen. What happened was... We still got advancement on their journey. We actually have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defend their titles. And we had Sasha and Bianca basically just break down as a team. And they basically, as they broke down as a team, you've seen Sasha deliver the slap hurt around the world to Bianca Belair's face. And while holding her WWE champion Women's Championship, and she smacked her so hard that Bianca actually uh, paused for a moment and then fell to the ground, clearly establishing Sasha as the heel in this match. And um, Sasha was screaming at her how she's a rookie and she messes everything up. Now, I like you know this route that they went, and it definitely is going to push this narrative forward for these two. And they're going to look for a story of maybe Bianca getting some revenge on Sasha. I also would have liked the idea if they were holding the titles. I could see this whole rookie, you're just a rookie dynamic playing in. And if they would have had those tag team titles, I would have seen uh, Sasha maybe even wearing one her championship title and carrying both tag titles and telling Bianca she's a rookie. She hasn't earned the right to hold these titles. And she, they could have, I think they missed an opportunity. They could have had a lot of real fun with this story. 
and just, you know, really kind of went into, wow, they're being so mean, even though Bianca is a very important part of that team as well. So they didn't go that route, but I did get this one incorrect by predicting that these girls would win the championships. But I'm still okay with the direction they're going, and they're pushing it to the Mania match. The next matchup that I had was the Intercontinental Championship match with Big E, or Big E Langston, and Apollo Crews. Now, watching this match come out, I predicted that Apollo Crews, I went on a limb and said Apollo Crews would look dominant and possibly win the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I don't think Big E has done too much with the championship in the almost year he's had it, so I feel like it needs to go on a fresher character. And Apollo's character is definitely fresh. He, I love the whole Nigerian Prince moniker that he has, and I love the fact that Apollo, um, he really owns it. And you know, one of the things I always said about Apollo was he is a he was a good athlete. He needed to work on his mic skills a little bit. And he also just had the right look, but he was just, he, he was kind of playing. And, you know, being just an athlete in the world of sports entertainment, it's not enough. You, unless you, you have to have a voice, unless you have a manager. And then, um, but it was very plain and just kind of boring. And, you know, he became boring, you know, Apollo Crews to me. So um, now that he's got this Nigerian Prince type feel to him and a little bit of this heel character in him, I like the way they're directing this. And this ended with a really confusing pin. You thought Apollo Crews was getting the pin, but somehow Big E ended up um, pinning Apollo and for the 1-2-3. And then basically Apollo um, beat down Big E and was standing over him at the end of the match, you know, standing right on his chest like he dominated him. So I did get this one wrong as well. The uh, Big E did win the match and retain his championship, but these two aren't done, and they're going to go at it at Mania. I can already see this feud stepping up, so I may have called this one a little too early, um, but I'm going to say, you know, right now, I would think that Apollo will get a possible win at Mania for a championship and not at Fast Lane. The next match was a grudge match, and it was a no-holds-barred match between the great white Sheamus and... Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre, as you guys know, is in the championship picture. Him and Sheamus have been battling out this friend feud since the Royal Rumble. And they've had brutal matches on TV and they've went back and forth. And and it's really kept Drew away from the main title while Bobby Lashley was able to build up and have his match with The Miz. Um, but Drew does need, you know, a championship rematch that he's deserved and he had to beat Sheamus to get through it so this match was a no holds barred match and it definitely paid off at the beginning of the match you have Drew McIntyre who showed up in his war paint uh, very Braveheart like of him embracing his heritage of uh, William Wallace and then you had Sheamus come out in his uh, few shades lighter than chalk tan um, and pointing that finger and just being, you know, you felt like the tension between these two were going at it. This match was a back and forth seesaw match and they beat each other up. They threw each other into the Thunderdome. There were sparks flying. There was all kinds of action going on in this one. Um, there was a point where Drew McIntyre was beating on Sheamus's back so terribly and you could just hear the shots and it, it sounded horrendous. And the end result Sheamus had some very, very bad lacerations on his back and he was bleeding 
and there was all kinds of scars and he just you could tell he got whipped and beaten down in this matchup and as you can allude that yeah it was Sheamus on the losing end licking his chops and walking away as Drew McIntyre our warrior was able to get the win and he will be going on now clearly as a dominant force to re- try to reclaim his title at WrestleMania against the almighty Bobby Lashley. And I'm looking forward to that matchup. Um, on a previous podcast show, I mentioned how these two's journeys back to dominant, how they had to leave the WWE and come back. And you guys may remember that. And now this is uh, going to be an awesome match for that because you know the stories these guys have told and these journeys, we're going to get to see that at WrestleMania. And I'm very excited for it. The next match we had was our intergender match between Lexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Now, as you can know, Randy has been torturing Bliss for a very long time, ever since he um, had an Inferno match with The Fiend and burned him to a crisp with gasoline and lit his body on fire. We have not seen The Fiend since. Randy Orton um, has been turning his attention to Bliss, and she seems to be having the power of the fiend which tells me the fiend's not quite dead or as gone as we think and alexa has been really going in and carrying this feud on uh, with the fiend's type powers but in a more playful sense so this match actually um i knew the wwe wouldn't go with an intergender match with these two wrestling on each other and throwing each other around um just because they are a publicly traded company i know they don't want to put that image out there so they didn't really let them go at it, but what they did do is Bliss led Randy around the ring a lot, skipped around, um, threw some fireballs at him, dropped some lights from the ceilings using those powers, and then all of a sudden, at the towards the end of the match, just when you think they're about to lock up, a crack in the ring forms, and it looks like hell opening up, and there's like this orange glow below the crack, and out from the ring, ripped out, is the Fiend. The return of the fiend, except for he looks a lot more different. He's um, still recovering from those burns from the Inferno match that he got burnt to a crisp. Um, his outfit, it reminds me a little Freddy Krueger meets Slipknot. So just to give you guys that kind of visual. But uh, he comes out. Randy doesn't see it coming. Sister Abigail, one, two, three for the pin. Um, as Alexa Bliss actually jumps on Randy, straddles him while the Fiend stands over him, and gets the one, two, three for the pin. So, um, fun match. It definitely is moving the feud forward. I'm glad to see the Fiend is now back because you know him and Randy Orton, again, this sets him up right for WrestleMania for a final showdown. Um, I'll be interested to see if they do a, a special kind of match like they did last year, like a Firefly Funhouse match or something of that nature. I would think it has to be like that. Uh, these guys have a deep history, indeed. Um, fun note about Bliss. Um, she actually made Randy Orton's wife furious at home with the way she pinned Randy Orton because she straddled him. And it was just something she did. And Mrs. Orton didn't like that too well. So she actually went to Twitter and said a few choice words about Alexa. And she really um, didn't. And I guess it caused some fights at home. Randy felt really bad about it. But you know, at the end of the day, these guys are paid actors and they are, you know, out there entertaining. They're playing a part. And so I look at that and I say, all right, I don't think that was overboard because you were playing your role. And I'm sure there was no intention in there to make the wife at home angry. So 
Um, but yeah, this was a fun match and it served the purpose of the Fiend coming back. And I'm so glad because now we're really going to get a final payoff for this feud that's been going on for a long time. Also looking in the rear view, the main event of this match of Fastlane. We have Daniel Bryan going against Roman Reigns for the championship. And if Daniel Bryan wins, he will be in the main event of WrestleMania and not Roman Reigns. And he will defend the title against Edge. Edge already has the title for WrestleMania, the title shot. So Edge is at the ring as a special enforcer for this match. And, you know, those things never end well. Special enforcers usually just enforce their own will. They don't really enforce rules of the match uh, equally now. So you kind of knew from the start that something was going to happen here. And boy, did it ever. So I love the way this match started out. Daniel Bryan looked really good in this match. So you had Roman Reigns' strength and brute power. And you got Daniel Bryan's technical paralysis and ability. And Daniel, like, basically was looking at Roman and dancing around him. And he's kind of had a, a cocky smirk and like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to wrestle. And come on, Junior. And he had that great look. And I, I love that look on Daniel because Daniel is a good wrestler. And he should realize that he could out-wrestle Roman Reigns. He can't match up brute strength-wise, but he can out-wrestle that man in a wrestling match. So... Um, Danielle should be a little bit, you know, excited about that. This match, as it proceeded, ended and almost ended with a new champion. Daniel Bryan had Roman Reigns in the yes lock as he wrestled him down for, you know, over 20 minutes. And then just as Roman was about to tap while staring at his manager, Paul Heyman's eyes, there was a kick of a mystery foot to the side of the head of Daniel Bryan that just interfered. And then all of a sudden, this ring, this brawl in the ring starts, and you end up having um, the Usos, and you end up having Roman, and they're beating down. And you can just imagine like the fight that's happening, and Edge then comes in. Edge comes in and clears out the house. Edge turns and smashes multiple times Daniel Bryan and beats him with a chair. And then he beats down Roman reigns with the chair and he screams, this is mine, meaning this title shot, this championship. And so it ends. Um, Roman actually barely is able to crawl over Daniel after that and pin him one, two, three. So now we have a undecisive win. I mean, it was a win, but it was lots of interference. So what I believe this is going to and what should happen is WrestleMania. This will be a triple threat match. Um, Basically, you're going to have Roman Reigns and Edge, which as Edge is walking away up the ramp, looking angry, he kind of switched to the heel mode a little bit. And then now you, that tells me that Daniel Bryan is the face in this match. And so all of a sudden you're going to have, I believe, a triple threat match makes sense. And I believe it makes sense because last time we've seen Edge in the ring, you know, he's aged. He's looking older and he's looking a little bit slower. Um, I am saying Edge can still go. I still believe he can deliver a main event match at Mania. But in, I think it's very smart to have Daniel Bryan as some insurance in that match because we know Daniel Bryan can have a good match with pretty much anybody. So, and then having Roman in there, you know, as the champion, we want somebody that is also going to make this match look good, not just for Daniel, but for Roman. 
And we got to have that insurance in case Edge doesn't have the best performance. Um, it'll take some of the pressure off of him. And this is one of those situations I like it because I'm not a fan of triple threat matches at Mania. I think it's overdone sometimes. But this one actually makes sense because Roman um, is the power. Edge is the veteran experienced. And then you got the technical wrestler in Brian. And the fact that these three, the way the story has been built up for a long time, I could see this just being, you know, a match that would steal the show and, you know, and rightfully so. So I'm going to look forward to that as uh, what happened here on Fastlane. And I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of reports and a lot of things that are just going all over the place with this. So I want to clear everything up for you guys as far as what's going to happen this week. There's been a lot of reports and a lot of uh, fake news out there and real news. So first and foremost, um, the Hall of Fame, we've announced previously, it's the 2020 class and the 2021 class. So we've actually got an update to that. Dave Batista is now removed from the induction ceremony in the Hall of Fame and removed from being inducted in the Hall of Fame. People were wondering what this means. Dave actually addressed it on his Twitter, and he said that uh, due to prior obligations, he was not able to attend this year's event. So he contacted the WWE and asked if they would be willing to push him to a future Hall of Fame induction, um, and they agreed. So they definitely want... He wants to be there for his fans. He wants to be there to have the actual ceremony. He doesn't want to just do it via a phone call, live via satellite, right? So um, I respect Dave for saying this. He has got a busy Hollywood schedule. He's got a lot of new movies coming out, and there's a lot of promotion work that goes into those movies too that you have to do. And I'm sure his schedule was clear a year ago, but now it is busy. So, you know, they're going to make this work a little bit better that way it doesn't interfere with the film scheduling. And they'll get Dave in there. He is a Hall of Famer. Um, but for right now, no Dave Batista in the WWE Hall of Fame this year. So we're going to look for him to be a future Hall of Fame announced uh, candidate. Hall of Fame induction. Here is one guy that is in, and that is the Big Red Machine, Kane. I'm proud of this one. I like the fact that Kane is in the Hall of Fame. He is a Hall of Famer. Um, he actually, his journey was interesting because he had a couple gimmicks that just did not work out and he almost got out of wrestling altogether because he wasn't working out and wasn't doing well. And the Kane character was like his final chance to really try to make something and get over. And it worked flawlessly. Now, sometimes they'll tell you, you know, they made him the, uh, brother of the undertaker in storyline. And a lot of times that's kind of a, a bad sign, you know, because anytime you say, oh, I'm his brother or his cousin, most of the time they'll say, well, unfortunately, then you're going to be judged off of that person. That can be good or bad. But in this case, it worked out because Kane was able to play the part of the brother. But then he was able to also veer off and do his own thing. And he's had success. He's done movies um, in the WWE. He's done, you know, a lot of different transitions of this character and i felt like he's really owned it and this is really well deserved so congratulations kane um being part of the wwe hall of fame this year and i look forward to that induction and the other announcement that is the great Kali will be inducted into the wwe hall of fame this year this one is people are mixed on it so a lot of people are not really caring for the great Kali. um they don't feel he is a Hall of Fame worthy 
candidate. There are some people that are on board with it. I look at it like this. I feel like, yes, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer like head of the class. A Hall of Fame is about was your career memorable and do people remember you? And if that is the case, and if they feel like, wow, you worked for us and you did a lot for us and we want to honor you, that's really what it's about is honoring their former employees. So Greg Colley has helped WWE expand into the India market. And um, he also runs a training school there. And he is a big guy that, you know, hung around for a little bit. He had um, always done what they asked. He had some comedy type moments. He also had, you know, some enforcer type moments as a big bodyguard. But ultimately, yeah, I would say the great Kali is a Hall of Fame candidate. And for you guys that uh, do not like the great Kali, look at it this way. Glass is half full, all right? He gets inducted in the Hall of Fame. You'll never have to see him wrestle again. So I'm going to give you that silver lining to work with. And our final Hall of Fame induction is Mr. RVD, Rob Van Dam. Um, This one is not confirmed, okay? This is a rumor as of this time, but this should be getting announced very soon. There is one, Rob Van Dam has had an amazing career, and he is a Hall of Fame candidate for that. He is also heavily involved in WWE um, over the years. He's always had a great relationship with them. He's always able to come back and help out in different skits and events. And he's just a, one of the generational kind of wrestler. He took the, the martial arts style and put it into wrestling. And it was, it was awesome to watch. Um, even in his career all around the world in Japan and ECW and WWE and TNA Impact Wrestling. He's just done this everywhere. So RVD definitely is a Hall of Fame candidate. Um, we are still waiting for the official announcement of his induction. But there's a lot of hints out there. Paul Heyman just recently even hinted on a, an interview and he did the RVD thumbs and he said should be announced soon. Um, that could be Paul just uh, having a little fun with the fans, but there's just a little too much and it makes sense. And I do believe RVD would be a welcome addition and look for that in the next week. And finally, we have a WWE superstar that is released officially from the roster. That is Andrade Cien Almas. You may have remembered I reported about this a couple weeks ago that he asked for his release and they didn't know what direction they were going to go. And especially with Andrade being the uh, real-life fiancé of Charlotte Flair. They've uh, talked and the WWE has agreed to give him the release immediately. Now what's nice about this is he has no compete clause. So he has no 90-day compete clause. He can actually show up wherever he wants. And I heard that he actually already is talking to somebody. Okay, so he has mentioned that's in talks and that he has no 90-day clause and he's looking to still stay in the wrestling industry and show up soon. My question is, is his former manager, Zelina Vega, also going to show up with him? So we have to wait to find out. And I'll keep you posted. One place Andrade could show up if they get this up and going is Lucha Underground possibly returning as you guys know i am a huge fan of lucha underground wrestling they've ran for four seasons because they run in seasons instead of all year round and it was almost filmed as a mini series 
and then they actually worked towards story arcs and then they peaked in season one and they would go to season two. So it's almost like a wrestling show, but with a little filmography behind it. Um, so it definitely changed the way the wrestling industry could be popular. Um, I may do a future video on Lucha Underground, just highlighting some of the you know greatest wrestlers that have come out of this promotion and ones that affected it. But this was a different style of uh, pro wrestling and I loved it. So there is a rumor right now that's being reported and it's a small one that Lucha Underground could be back and return for another season. Um, Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer is reporting there are mild talks. There's even talks that it may not be called Lucha Underground. They may evolve it into some other name and some other promotion, but the, ultimately it would be the same concept and style. So I would look forward to that. I would definitely be interested in seeing it, and I will keep you guys posted. But um, if you guys haven't had a chance, 2B TV has all the seasons for free. You can watch them. If you're a wrestling fan, it's definitely a must-catch. Well, guys, that's everything. I want to say thank you for joining me. Like, share, and subscribe. And it's game over. We'll see you next time on Tap Out Talk. Thank you.